to Guns, Gear, and Beer Podcast Part 2 with Garantham, uh, Adam Peeney from Knight's Armament, and uh, Brandon Herrera, also known as the AK Guy. How's everyone doing? Good. Doing great. And we'll just pick up right where we left off. Uh, AKs are gross. AKs are gross. This is oh, oh, I'm already getting shit on. <laughs> I mean, they, they, aren't, they aren't pretty to look at. No, no, Some they're they're pretty. pretty. Like the AK-105 is sexy. Yeah, the only good AKs are the yeah the 100 series AKs. The ones we can't get. Well, maybe you can build them here. You can build them, but I mean, you know, Russians and their weapons—they're so silly. We need to convince Those Russians. Brandon. We have to convince Brandon to give up on the 50 cal and start making 100 series guns. I can do Ooh. hold on, hold on. How about the uh the, the little Mexican kid from the taco commercials? Why not both? Why not both? Why why not both? No, 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 Brandon, you need to make the AK twenty millimeter next. Like the uh the Barrett twenty millimeter from the eighties. You should do it in a meme do caliber. Not tempt me. <laughs> I I should do it in a what? Meme caliber? Something that's just stupid. Like uh You're a one fifty five. Fuck yeah. That works too. <laughs> I'll make it fire one round because that is all I can afford. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm going to leverage my car just to get one round of 155. Now, here, here's a question. What is the most stable way to mount an optic to an AK? You don't. <laughs> okay. So there, there's a couple of uh, schools of thought on that. Uh, how tactical do you want to get? Do you want to go, like, very classic? Tactical. Or do you want to go, like, I actually want to hit shit? FSB Alpha get... Tactical. No, no, if we go alpha, that's more like kill all the hostages. I want to go actually hit shit. <laughs> you want to go what? I want to actually hit shit with it. Okay. So, I, I actually, some, something that I like is uh, the KOP optic mount. It actually replaces the rear sight block, and it gives you a platform. That you can actually pull a pin out and huh? replace the, the optic mount. It replaces the rear sight block. You can do a standard AK rear sight. You can do a... You know, like, uh, what is that, like an aimpoint T2 mount? You can do two-inch scope rings, you know, six inches of Picatinny. You could just pull a pin and swap it. It's actually really cool. So do you? So I'm imagining you need some type of riser on, cheek riser on the sock. You can. It depends on what you're running on top because it, it's pretty low profile because it doesn't add any actual height to it. It's okay. actually not that bad. Okay. That's what I'm starting to put on, on my new uh, quote-unquote tactical guns. Okay. You know, I used the uh, RS Regulate back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, those are good. Yeah, those are good. Like mount. if you if you have the scope rail mount on the side, those are those are pretty good. Yeah, it was an old arsenal. It was like a weird like AK one hundred five ish kind of thing. It used like a Bulgarian gas block. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the arsenals were at least those were at least well built. You know. You know, I they they did definitely have problems with the finish that they used on. Oh the, God, yeah. Yeah, that was God, too bad. Yeah. That was too bad. Yeah, that was like Russian Krylon. Yeah, they uh, they fucked that up. You know, we paint AK. It look good, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, you're, you're gonna you're gonna retail an AK for twelve hundred bucks, and you're not even gonna give me like parkerization. You're just gonna like no, no, it's, it's good. Rustolium rifle is good. It's um. So 
what is the deal right now with with Russian imports? How is that? How has like AK kind of building been affected? What's kind of the future of that stuff? We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yeah. Basically, next all, question. All Russian. Okay. Yeah. Next no, question. no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that about sums it up. We're fucked. Next question. Uh, but yeah, molots. Molots are off the list now. Um, the the Russian stuff, the Ismash, like Kalashnikov concern, all that's all that's been fucked for a while now. So we can't get the Segas in. We can't get the Vepers. Uh, we're pretty much up shit creek, and unless something changes with the sanctions. Well, is going to push um, the quality of American built guns higher because you can't get this? Like, is it going to force innovation in that market? I hope so. I you know it, it just based on simple market economics you know you think about things in the terms of you know adam smith and everything that's what's supposed to happen but fuck it is just not happening dude have you ever looked at like the actual cost breakdown to build a profitable well-built usak like yes to retail this motherfucker at like thirty five hundred dollars to four grand really i'm I'm working on it like this is and this is something that you know i can say here because nobody watches this but (laughs) um i've been i've been working on it for quite a bit and we're we're actually rolling some stuff out uh, again later this year um that i'm pushing really really hard to at least start creating an aftermarket for some ak parts that there really is not an aftermarket for because there's like six key parts that nobody makes here in the u.s like you just can't get it if you're not going to buy surplus like if you're not buying it from an importer they don't exist what parts are those that you can't get the full auto selector those are actually easy as fuck to get. Um, <laughs> the the key ones are you've got like a bolt carrier, a bolt. Now, for example, like the bolt carrier, my, my biggest bitch with that is that people try to make it here. And if you're not doing high volume, like if you try to build that bitch on a CNC machine the way that it was meant, it was made to be hammer forged. Okay, yeah. so if you try to make that bitch one piece on a CNC machine, I actually got it quoted by my machine shop. If we're doing 200 units, it would cost $325 a piece for the bolt carrier alone. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not even putting in the labor time to build a good one. Like, So you, here's, here's gun building economics 101. You take your cost, you multiply it by three. That covers a little bit of profitability. It also covers the tax on a full firearm. And that brings you just to like your dealer price. And then you've got to add mm-hmm. 20 to 30% for your yep. MSRP. So if you take the fact that, you know, bolt carrier is going to cost 325, what's a bolt going to cost? Bolts actually weren't that bad. They were running about 75 bucks, but that's that's without the firing pin, without the ejector, without the extractor, without all the pins that you need for that. And my, by the way, these are unfinished. Yeah. I mean, there's no packaging, there's no coating on it, uh, there's no assembly. And again, you're right, manufacturers get raped on excise tax. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, Shit. that's what I'm saying. To build a it was just never meant to be built the American way and mm-hmm. the way we do things. That's why I like the M4. It's the fucking Mr. Potato Head of rifles. Like yep. You can plug and play it. Dudes with CNC That's machines can learn shit really quick. AKs were never meant to be that way. You know, They are a, for lack of a better term, a hand-built product. They, you know, it, it, to, buy, to build, design, manufacture, and sell a AK that is the same level of quality as even you know a DD or a BCM gun, you've got to retail for three, you know, three to four thousand dollars. Yeah, and the big problem with economics, why they're like, well, the Russians could do it in a cave. I'm like, yeah, you're fucking right. The only problem is, the 
the Russians had a multi-billion dollar war machine behind them and a guaranteed order of about uh, 150 million units. You know, it's amazing what you And all the workers got paid in food rations. Yeah, all the workers got paid in. We don't fucking shoot you, so. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really work well. The labor unions in the U.S. make that difficult. It gets cheap. We feed you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, jeez. So, so what, what other possible sources um, do we have for AK parts? Like, can they still be imported from, like, Bulgaria or? Oh, yeah. Like, we're getting Romanian AK still. Uh, that's slowing down. We're getting Yugoslavian AK still. That's, like, I'm pretty sure that's exclusive through Century Arms. They're the importer on that. Uh, we're, we're getting Polish AKs and AK parts and whatnot through, uh, like, WBP and such. We're getting Bulgarian AKs still, but I know they're, they're focusing on the military contracts so, right now. So who makes the best out-of-the-box uh, imported AK? For price point, probably the Wasser right now. No I mean, kidding. Arsenals are good. I mean, arsenals. Our arsenals are pretty fantastic. Um, but I mean, for price point, you know, Wasser's are still pretty decent. Here's my question: Why can't uh, we, as a country, figure out how to make a fucking good AK barrel? Dude, a good AK what? Barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had some. Oh my god. Yeah. Just should I go into the Century Arms? The AK. They're they're five five six, AK seventy four barrel. Yes. Do it. <sighs> So before now, America really knew what the 545 was, you know, the AK-74 caliber that pretty much kicks ass. Um, that we can't get anymore? Debatable. Well, we can. It's we debatable. Can. But uh, they, the Century Arms brought them in. They had a, a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of Polish Tantal kits. And they're like, uh, what the hell is this? So they're like, oh, well, I mean, this is uh, 545. It's, it's a 222. So we should be able to use 556 barrels, right? Oh, so they God. built a whole... <laughs> Back. No shit. I, I actually, I've had to fix three of them. Three of them. This is not something that's like an internet fable. Like this actually fucking happened. They uh, they built a whole batch of tantals using five five six barrels that were rechambered for five four five. How? What? How? What? Why? Why? I guess they thought weren't supposed to hit past a hundred yards without keyholing. I don't know. I mean, like you had to. Like how could they not understand something so basic? <laughs> Uh, I, uh, hey boss, it's keyhole and past twenty five yards. Good enough. Send it out. Yeah, you yeah. say cake in the box. You say cake. <laughs> it's an AK, dude. Send it out. Jeez. And it's a piece of shit anyway. They'll bite at the gun show. Okay, so so we so AKs kind of fucking I guess going away, but brings us into kind of like the piston kind of market and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of kind of I don't know, we'd call them like recent piston-driven weapons that have kind of come out, like the CZ-805 Bren mm-hmm. and uh, others kind of along that li- along those lines. Uh, what, are your, what are your guys' thoughts on those kind of builds? I I have an ACR, and I really like it. It just, it, it, I've ranted about this before. It just, it makes me sad how much Bushmaster killed the platform that Magpul created. You know, I love the ACR stocks. Yes, that's the only surviving part of the ACR is that every non-AR-15 gun has an adapter for an ACR stock. Because they're freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks that Bushmaster really did shit the bed on that one. Yeah, they... Well, they, they bought that idea long before that gun was really ready to come to market. Yeah. Ooh, insider information. Go, 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 go. Nope, no, that's it, that's it, that's it. Well, 
And, and just like last week, Magpul teased, uh, they showed a video of the prototype, uh, the Masoud, yeah, of the uh, the 308 ACR that looked awesome. That never they, happened. They made that years ago. The Masoud is oh, yeah. like it's been around. Like it's oh yeah, it's an old footage. I remember seeing it originally years ago, and it just never happened. Very sad. Very sad. That was really too. Funny. But I've never got to play with the uh, the PWS um, long piston guns. Are they any oh, good? You, you know, I just got a T and E sample in from PWS and had the chance to do like 500 rounds, not too many, through it. Uh, this last shooting excursion a couple days ago. Interesting gun. Um, really interesting gun. It's a weird recoil. This is gonna sound stupid, but it feels halfway between an AR-15 and AK, which kind of makes sense if you think about it. But the um, it's really easy to adjust. That's the gas on the fly. So it was kind of nice going from like, um, you know, firing unsuppressed to suppressed because I could easily dial back that gas system and uh, not have it, you know, over gas and all that kind of stuff. It, it was cool. I liked it. So I don't know if anybody knows, but my first industry job was with LWRC. Oh, yeah. Nice. I have quite an experience with piston guns. Um, this is all I will say. Um, they are niche. Um, There's some manufacturers that build piston guns better than the others. I will tell you, LW and PWS are probably the top. Um, they they serve a hardcore niche when it is uh, really short guns with really overdriven cans, and you know that's where you see your benefit. Now, generally, they're not quite as accurate as a DI gun. Yeah, um, agree. They're, they're quite heavier than a DI yep. gun because yep. you're adding more weight. You're also adding reciprocating mass on a barrel that's in mid width. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I still have an old 10 and a half inch M6A2 uh, from my LW days, and I love it. The gun has never failed me. Um, you know, it just depends on what side of the fence you fall. Again, it's like AR versus AK. It's either DI versus piston. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the way. The uh, what was the other? There's a couple other manufacturers. What what was the other one? POF. Whatever happened to them? Do they still? I mean, they're still around, aren't they? They're still around. They're they're kind of a, a niche. Like really, uh I've I've heard they're good guns. They're just they're very heavy. They're very flashy. Yeah, that makes sense. Their their rails always struck me as really fat, like just like a fat looking gun. Yeah. But um, speaking of those kind of designs, nothing quite does it for me like the uh, 416 with the Geisley rail on it. Have you seen how much 416 uppers go? Like real German 416 uppers? Shut up. They're, so the only ones that really have are the uh, the 10 fours with the uh, over the beach barrels because they're much lighter profile. Um, they're just, you know, to get one of those, it's going to cost you about five grand. Five grand. Um, just the upper. The, just be very, very conscious. Um, when HK did originally designed that gun. Um, they viciously overgassed them because the whole point was it needed to work in every environment with or without a can for any kind of ammo for the customers that were buying it. So those running with a suppressor uh, are in the RPM range are maxed out. I mean, they are as fast as magazines will ever feed um, in full auto with a can. So do they shoot through uh, bolts then pretty quick? Uh, they do, and their bolts are pretty expensive. Uh, that's the biggest oh, problem with, with any far, you know, foreign-made gun is sourcing, you know, parts is always a difficulty. 
Interesting. Interesting. Very nice. Very nice. The, um, wow, fuck, what was it? I the thought... 416s are dope. Like, I, I have a special spot in my heart for them. If you can handle the weight and you can handle them being, you know, really overgassed, uh, they are a fucking cool rifle. They've got a lot of history in them. Um, I do like the fact that they integrated a riser into the upper receiver. So your head sits in a much more neutral position. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and I don't know if this is true. I'm just going to make a generalized statement. There's a rail company now that wouldn't have their lockup design if it wasn't for the 416. Yes. Now, hold on. You brought up a really good point, which was head position with optics. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. Uh, it, for me, it doesn't mean shit. Uh, and this is all personal experience. This is nothing else other than that. Um, head position comes into play when you're running nods, wearing mm-hmm. a gas mask, um, it, or you're doing a lot of like C, CQB stuff where you need as much as most as much visibility as you can possibly get. Yeah, um, it's funny because all of that shit comes from like old school shotgun shooting. If you look at old trap guns. The ribs sit real high. The stocks are super high. And that's yep. because shooters wanted a more erect head position so they could track targets easier without having to strain the neck or the eyes. Transitions well over into rifles with the same theory. Um, we need risers nowadays to clear lasers, all the other bullshit we attach to our rails. Um, and if we're running nods is really where I see the biggest benefit in it. Have you run the 193 height? Um, I'm running- I'm running our 2.33. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did the 193 with a uh, gas mask and um, with a uh, certain, no- certain, you know, brand of nods. And that was pretty nice. I imagine you said 233? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah. It is higher than giraffe pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the title of this oh, episode. I, I, am, I am totally adding that to my list of euphemisms, by the way. <laughs> I mean, so I imagine that the stock is fully down, seated in your shoulder, and you probably barely have to bring your, uh, what are you, like, just, like, barely contacting your chin against the stock when you're... Yeah, so, I and I'm, I don't know how much you've ever noticed this, but um, shooting a gun with, or shooting a rifle with a high mount, 193, 233, whatever combination you could throw together, um, I found, for me, I had to move the gun more centerline to my body. Yes. A, a more consistent up. If I'm coming from low ready, but the mm-hmm. movement is very, very short to be on target. You also have to remember you have a fucking monstrosity of a height over bore offset. Yeah, that that is an issue. That that definitely is an issue. But I mean, if you're if most of your shooting is done, you know, within one to two hundred, depending on what zero you take, it's still oh, a problem. You, but you still run a fifty yard zero. I mean, you're still pretty Gucci out to fucking three hundred. Like. Yeah, it, you know, I found running that higher mount, I'm more, it's more comfortable to get behind in the prone. Um, yeah, it's just you have to change your shooting style up because most of us all have reps of getting their fucking stock on our face. Well, yeah, now you've got to move it into your body and feel it touch the bottom of your chin. That's wild. I'll have to try out that two three three because I've just I ran the one nine three and I was like, good god. So I'll have to definitely give that a shot. Oh, it's it's world changing. Like the first time I threw it up. I, like I was, I had a hard time processing it, and I was really slow off the off the beep of the timer. 
Yeah. As you work with it, it becomes really, you don't notice the difference. But then when you go back to a non-riser gun, it's very, very awkward. Now, how does that, how does the 233, so I know uh, who's a Redback 1, they're developing a riser, correct? Uh, so that that's the mount that I'm running. Um, oh, shit, my bad, okay. Well, Jason, Jason works with us at nights. Um, he is a contracting employee. Um, we do a lot of work with him. Uh, it was a collaborative effort between him and us um, to develop it. It's nice because it has, uh, it's a one-piece riser system. So you've got optic mount, you've got it, you know, 2.3 inches, 3, 3 inches tall. It also has a rear piece of Picatinny, which allows you to run your magnifiers at the correct mounting height. So you have a direct pupil center between your optic and your magnifier. Okay, so you've sold me on it. I mean, I'm already going to buy that fucking government, you know, surplus upper. So when does your fucking optic mount come out? Uh, they should drop, I think, the first of next month. Hell yes. Okay. I'm. What are they for? Like, mostly aim points? Uh, they're only for uh, aim point micros. Perfect. What are they going to run for, if you can say? 225. Nice. If you, well, if you think about it, what's a good mount cost? 100 to 150 bucks? Oh, yeah. yeah. What's a riser cost? Another hundred bucks? Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, it falls right in the price line, and you know, it, it's a it's a good mount for what it is if it fits your needs. Um, I have found myself liking it to the point where I'm probably going to switch over. Um, but yeah, it's it's quick, it's fast. You will have to adjust to using it. Um, it offers you a lot of benefits, but you also need to be aware of the downfalls with head over bore and the fact that you're going to need to change how you mount the gun every time. Nice, nice. How's, every, how's, have you shot it with body armor on? Oh yeah, um, I run a, a Scarab LT from Velocity Systems with their plates. Oh nice. Uh, it, it actually, it becomes super relevant there because uh, for the guys that do move more in line with shooting in armor, it's mm -hmm. right where you need to be. Perfect, nice. Every time you come on, Adam, it eventually turns into a Knight's Armament advertisement. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's just, it's a cool, you know, it's a really no, you, have, you guys sell cool stuff. Yeah, it just we do a lot of really unique stuff. Like I joke, we're a UFO that people like. We, they see us, they know about us, but they don't know what the fuck we do or like the cool shit that we have. And like you haven't even scratched the surface on the fucking on the stuff that we have going on, or the stuff we're doing, or the stuff we can even bring to market. Damn, I, I mean, fuck, dude, fucking love nights. So aren't Gucci, so Gucci. You guys, you guys are like the OG thought vaccines right there. Uh, I mean, other than like Colt and Beretta, there's not many other companies that have been doing the GWAC game as long as us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the uh, last segment, uh, you mentioned, uh, Grant, that you uh, neither of you guys like the Sentinels. Now, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that because I'm looking at possibly, after falling in a hole last week and rolling my ankle with my PVS-14, I really want a set of dual tubes so I can actually see where I'm going. Man, the... So the Sentinels were designed for a very specific purpose, and outside of that purpose, they just, they have problems. They're, for, the biggest thing for me, man, is that they're, they're delicate. For, for an investment like that, delicate is definitely not the word you want associated with it. I don't, so can I, what, yeah. what about them is delicate? Um, I've used Sentinels. I didn't see them as delicate. They just didn't fit my requirement. So I'm, I'm just interested on what the delicate means. Um, so that's a good way to put this. So aviation is what they're designed for. Uh, they're heavy. 
And in my experience, I've just found that when they've taken impacts, you know, when I've ducked through doorways, that type of shit, and I've nailed them on those, like compared to 15s or uh, other types of MVG systems out there that they have a tendency to have problems more so just being out in the field. They're they designed, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong in that, but my personal experience has been that they, they were designed for flyers and they were really good out they're awesome for that but like for groundwork they i've just had nothing but problems with them yeah but you're talking you know two vastly different price ranges between you know 15s and 31s and ab mod threes and sentinels yeah that's true and i'm sorry i never think about price points i just think about using the systems yeah so I mean, it's, it's it's absolutely all right i mean they're both relevant size like i'll be straight up I have no illusion that if I smash my fucking AB Mod 3s on a door corner, they're probably going to get fucked up much more than a 15 or 31 ever would. Yeah. But 15s are more robust. 15s are, what's a good way to describe them? They're just, they're it, man. They're just really reliable. Uh, it's not like the lightest system, but they're, they just, they're, they're tough. They're tough and they survive a lot of pain and shit. Yeah. I mean, they had to be tested to go through SOCOM. You know, AB Mod 3s and Sentinels were, ne you know, were never subjected to that kind of torture. Nice. But I mean, let me, let me backtrack because I'm, I was thinking of like just operational and that type of shit. Like if you're, if you're paying for them, the Sentinels are a very capable system, you know, with good tubes and all that shit. Like you're looking at a good system. Just, you know, I've just never thought about it. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to wrap my head around it in terms of the price and it's not a bad system. It's just what's the way to say it? Just be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end, you know, both the the AB Mod threes and the uh, Sentinels are Delrin housings. They're they are a little bit more fragile material, but they are for your run of the mill civilians. I think the best options out there. Uh, I'd rather have those than like a pair of fourteens on my face. I agree. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll go with you on that. The um, I, I honestly think the pair that you have, man, are probably the best uh, option that you have over the. Or I don't know why I have something against the Sentinel so much, but TMDC makes some great uh, night vision. From what I've um, I've never actually handled those that particular model, but I've heard really good things about them. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, I am I am both uh, am and and not looking forward to spending so much money on a new toy, but. It'll be fun. Dude, once, oh, you, once you get over the price hurdle, like binos are the shit. I use. Oh, I, I know they are. I uh, a couple I, weeks ago. I use MVGs more than any fucking firearm I own. Yes. Nice. Hell yeah. The um. Oh well. So you you're saying you mostly do you do you use the uh, D ball A three by any chance? Fuck no. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me because I, I don't have that much experience with these Steiner um, IR devices. Uh, if you're going to buy a laser from uh, laser, laser devices, Steiner Optics, whatever they're called this week, um, the D-Ball I-Square is the, is the fucking system to have. Okay. What, why, why that over like the A3 or the D2 <clears throat> or any of those models? Uh, the I-Squared, uh, it's a more robust housing. Um, it's a small platform. As compared to the, the big one that like the Marine Corps issues, um, you can get it 
in a variety of output sets. Uh -huh. All of mine are, I don't use any daytime laser because I think it's a fucking useless option. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, fully, mine, yes. Mine is simple, just I have an illuminator and I have a, you know, uh, my flood on it. That's it. That's, a, that's all I need. Both of them are, you know, over 50 milliwatt. So if I ever need to fucking lasso kilos in. <laughs> but uh, how is the illuminator I, on it? Do you, I mean, they're good. Um, the, <clears throat> the big downfall on D-balls versus PEX is that the laser or the, uh, the pointer and the flood are not slaved together. So what, uh -huh. that, what that means on a PEX-15, if you adjust one, the other one adjusts with it. The D-ball yeah. is not that. So you have to zero your laser and then move the flood manually over and center it. Okay. Now, you, you did bring up an interesting point. So a lot of guys, when they think of PEX, um, are getting like a full power PEX confused of the at peel or the at pile, however the hell you want to pronounce it. Because the at peel C does not have an adjustable illuminator. And like, yeah, that no, they, such they a break damn the inside the housing. You what? They break the illuminator adjustment off inside the housing so you can't adjust it down to the right range. Why, why did they do that? Uh, because it's the difference between being um, class one versus class two. Uh -huh. so, so if you were able to focus in the illuminator, it would bump it up a category? Exactly. Damn, I did not know that. That sucks. Because I, I, I've, I've thought the same thing. Gosh, can't I move it. Or you know. Yeah, it's a fact. Because it, I... So again, I've used the Tech 15 LA5, all that kind of stuff. So when the at peels released, I bought it and then uh, didn't realize the uh, illuminator wasn't adjustable. And that was, that was a sad day. I mean, it, it's it's at a good range. It's just, you know, it's not as, you know, it's not great for, for room stuff and all that kind of crap. You put the I'll filter be, on it and that kind of makes yeah, it a little bit more of a flood. You can. I'll be the first to admit, very rarely do I ever put any of my laser on high power. Like... Like put it on the on the full power setting. Like the low power setting on most lasers, which is the high power or the only, whatever the highest setting is for the Aptal C, is really good for 99% of people. The only time you ever need to go over that five milliwatt range is if you're fucking like I said, lassoing in. <laughs> um, I just don't I don't dig the Aptal C uh, for the price point when yeah. you. Yeah, I fully agree with you. Are you still there? I think you cut out for me. He's dead, Jim. Dead. Gone. Because you have to manually adjust both. Well, and he's hey, back. back. But you could just buy them all and not have to worry about shit. <laughs> of course, when you buy them all, you spend about as much as you spend. You could buy like... You, you could strap three at piles to your gun and your helmet. Yeah, but then you don't get the switchology or the ergonomics. <laughs> for that price, you could actually buy a decent-made USAK. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Brandon coming in from the fucking top rope. Yeah, no, I'm just, I stay in my lane. I'm just letting you guys talk. I don't know shit about shit when it comes to gear. That, that's totally fine. Don't, don't, don't get into night vision. It's, it's a bad it's, habit. It's the greatest drug you can ever get on. Now, have you guys seen the new night vision um, being developed that's in full color? Oh, you're talking about Ataban. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, that shit's going to be the wave of the motherfucking future. So, uh... <laughs> You know, when you see guys that are like, you know, Gen 2, Gen 3, like that, what the difference is between those? Uh-huh. For most, for, for people that don't know, um, the main difference is image quality, FOM rating, as well as auto gating. Uh, FOM rating is the, uh, 
the photonic gathering ability. Um, science. Yeah, we're going to get science here. That your your tube can bring in. The higher the FOM rating, the better the uh, the image quality. We as a country, America, actually regulate the rest of the world on the FOM rating that they can fucking have. Yeah, nice. fuck you, rest of the world. <laughs> so, like, let's say somebody from a country over in Europe or Japan, they want to import, you know, they want to buy night vision over here in the U.S. Um, we, you have to buy a license from the State Department, and they will tell you that, you know, here in the U.S. we can get, you know, 25, 2600 FOM rating, whereas that country may only be allowed to get 1400. Um, you guys want night vision? That's fine. You can smart. have gen ones. Yeah, it's actually really smart. It's, oh, you got ICBMs now. Well, we can fight in the dark, bitch. Oh, yeah. Like, it's <laughs> us controlling tech, man. Like, it's our edge. Um, if you ever want to really geek out, learn how to fucking uh, actual tubes are made. They're long strings of glass that are stretched out over, like, a few hundred feet, then chopped, smashed together, and they just keep doing this. It's like building Damascus steel. And that's how you get the actual uh, the, the film lens on them. Um, but going sure. out of band... Out of band allows you to have a unbelievably high rating and see with full color clarity, even in the darkest darkness of night. Is it the same technology as normal tubes? Just no, refined? it's like it's like going into a whole version. I've never fucked with it. I've only ever seen like little bits and pieces from like advertisements of other companies. Um, I think really the next wave is going to be a mixture of out of band stuff with thermal imaging laid over top of it. Uh, oh, yes. Use technology. Uh, we currently do it with uh, Gen 3 stuff here in the U.S., um, but I think when you can integrate that, it's going to really, it's going to fucking change the world. Yeah. Can't hide from thermal. It's a fact. Well, you, mm, yeah, yeah, you're right, you can't. Mm. Not, not, not easily. Russian Arnold Schwarzenegger death. covered himself with mud in that Predator movie, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all this technology ruined by mud. Oh man, um, what was it? I was talking Vietnam with... in one sentence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was talking with a um, uh, one of the research guys who is uh, working on that technology, and uh, apparently the big thing is that they're working on getting it small enough to be head mounted. I guess that's kind of the the kind of main main research kind of avenue that they're going down right now, apparently. I don't know, this yeah. was a while back. Yeah, right now, I think, uh, from what I understand with the research and the out-of-band stuff, so like, to really utilize it, like, it's got to be as big as a TV. Um, yeah. <laughs> so as image intensifiers and technology gets better, obviously, it'll get, you know, smaller and smaller and smaller, but the price will only get higher and higher and higher. Of course. It's something I don't think you'll see on the civilian market, for fucking like the next 15 20 years yeah yeah that's probably correct unfortunately it's too bad but um the white phosphor we can talk about something we can get right now is fucking awesome oh yeah dude so the difference is like i'm all about some white phos um it gives <laughs> you the ability to cut shadows and it gives you a level of clarity and image definition to where you could turn off all the lights in New York and drive around in the street doing like 50 and it would, it, you'd have no issues. Like high FOM white FOSS, like that is the game right now. You, you cannot get better. I am hard. So I looked through a pair slash war one when uh, I was going through uh, angel thunder, not too long. Ago. And uh, 
good God, man. Like, I hardcore want to buy a pair from a TNBC, just like finance that shit, put myself in the more debt. <laughs> Be paying that off for the next 30 years, but it's worth it. It's a fact. But uh, for real, though, like, that is some sweet technology. It is so, the clarity is just ridiculous. Like, just insane. Like, it, it like, turning on a peck and with that thing, it was like so clear and so easy to make out detail and see everything. Like, it's, it's phenomenal. I feel like such a barbarian talking because you know so much more about NVG technology. Like, I just. I Listen, know. man, it's all because of like, I'm really lucky to, A, we do clip on night vision at, at the office. So there's people that are way smarter than me. I'm a salesman. I just know how to regurgitate it the right way. Um, <laughs> like, I, I have friends like Chuck Pressburg from PressCheck Consulting. He works with B.E. Myers. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love that. Bill, Bill Blowers from uh, TapRack. Like, you want to really fucking geek out and, like, know how lasers are used operationally, fucking talk with either of those two. Like, Chuck has more in-depth knowledge on everything from the PEC-2 to the mall than any other human on this earth. Dude, I believe that. You know, those guys have That's so crazy. much time in the green. Like, yeah, I like to think I have a lot of time under green, but, like, those guys, like. Oh, dude, I, like, if you have it run old, like, PBS, like, what is it, PBS 4s, the fucking dual to a single, like. Oh, the 7s? Oh, yeah, sorry, 7s. Yeah, yeah. Those fucking things. Good God. Yeah. I've, uh, have you ever tried to drive a car with those? No. <laughs> it's bad. And you survived. I did. I drove with my PBS 14s and was kind of terrified. Thought you were, like, going to wreck your car? Yeah, well, then you kind of and it wasn't it, you it, it, it wasn't my car, which made it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> what um? So what PBS fourteen do you have? Speaking of it, of which? Uh, it it's just a used uh, Gen three auto gated PBS fourteen I got off eBay about a year ago. Dangerous. You got that? Yeah. Use technology. <laughs> <laughs> I I sure hope not. I still have the first Gen one I bought years ago. Are you? Sure? It's funny. No, what did you guys say, man? You, you, always hear, <laughs> you always hear stories about guys buying those, and then they send them into TNVC, and they always end up being like Gen 2 plus tubes or something like that. <laughs> being stolen military property, that's the best. Or that. That's the best. When they're like, yeah, we're, we can't give this back to you. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, sorry. That's what I don't get with the people that, that spend three grand on an LA-5. Like, if, if that if that breaks, you're not getting it back. Yeah, but the it, chances of that fucking thing breaking are slim to none. Yeah. 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 Oh. Like yeah, can you imagine trying to send a LA-5 back to L3 to get service or something like that? Like, I'm hey, sure there's people out there that are, like, have started repair companies for shit like that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> for yeah, hot I, items. I mean, I, I live if, on we, could, if we can knock off iPhones, we can make laser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoy stalking some of the Facebook forums uh, when uh, some very obviously stolen lasers pop up and uh, uh, Mr. Myers will jump in and say, that's stolen. No one should buy oh, this. Bro, watching Matt <laughs> drop the hammer on dudes with stolen islids is fucking <laughs> my favorite hobby you know, next to guns. I love it. <laughs> It's hilarious because oh. like, someone will post it up and they're like, oh boy, it, it's yeah. going to go down. But will they ship to Italy? <laughs> oh, dude, she's shipping ITAR. Oh my God, just getting yourself fucking jail time immediately. God. Yeah. 
Instant felony. Dude, instant. God, such a bad idea. Holy shit. Oh, man. We've, we've heard a lot of things. We've uh, started from Knights Armament, and now we're at MVGs. I know. I got yeah. one question before we roll. Go for it, Gal. I want to know, how do you like that Roscoe barrel? Oh, yes. The, the million-dollar question. So, so far, I think I've done I think I'm at 7K rounds on that barrel. And um, it's accurate. It works well. Like, I can't speak too much about its, like, long-term, how it's going to hold up yet. Because, like, compared, like, my Daniel Defense, I got, like, 20K rounds on that thing. But, uh, you know, so far, it seems to be holding up pretty well. They have a pretty small gas port on it. I think it's crane spec. And so the gas blowback is not bad with the suppressor. So, again, I have to, I run mil spec ammo on it so that it works pretty well with that. But I don't imagine it would work well with, like, Wolf. But um, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with it so far. What do you get accuracy wise with like 855? Oh god, dude, that that comes down to me as a shooter, and that's gonna be embarrassing. So, like, well, it's four MOA ammo, so anything inside of four is, is good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm like, if I if I got my EOTech set up and I you know get down prone, I'm getting like, I'm gonna be honest, dude, I'm probably putting like five MOA or something like that with it, and I think that's more me. But uh, it's it's plenty accurate enough, man, for what I'm doing. With- MOA is one of my favorite things to talk about on the internet because whenever it comes up, everyone in the comments section shoots sub MOA, no matter what the platform is. Okay. Hey. Sorry, you've rolled into my pet peeve. Um, <laughs> if I have to listen to one more mouth-breathing motherfucker say <laughs> is MOA... In order for you to fucking... Do you know how hard it is to consistently shoot a minute? Like, you need to sit down and shoot five groups of five. You take the fucking combined average, and that is what your gun shoots. And I'm not, you know, you can cherry pick anything. I could take a fucking Mosin the Gaunt and shoot a quarter minute with it if I just work hard enough. You know, people don't have this realistic expectation of what guns should shoot and how to really evaluate any kind of accuracy on any kind of rifle system. I agree. Fully agree. But my PSA AR-15 gets sub MOA with Wolf ammo. I what? shot, I shot point two five MOA with Wolf, and it worked great. It was, <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! All right, before we duck out for the night, everyone, go ahead and plug your social media for those listening. Grand Thumb, take it away. All right. So hop on YouTube, type in Grand Thumb. My little logo is going to be up there at the end block. That's me. Um, Instaho, I'm a uh, grand underscore thumb. And uh, if you like hearing me Insta-ho. get schooled on NBG knowledge, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Brandon. Yeah, right now I am on Instagram as the AK guy and Facebook as Brandon Herrera, the AK guy. I know I contributed quite a lot to this conversation. I'm glad I could be here. You uh, did. Do you yeah. know how much I know about AKs? None. Do you know how much I know about night vision? Well, that you need to fix. I know. I just know it's another expensive hobby that's going to take a lot of capital away from the AK-50. It's a write-off. Nothing about nothing. Yeah, dog. IRS exists for a reason. Tax write-off, bro. (laughs) Yeah, that's all science. Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah. These AKs have to be assembled in the dark. That's why I need these. Uh, I I guess I'll clear it out. Uh, Adam Peeney, Knight's Armament. Um, You can find us on on the gram at Knight Arm Co., uh, you can find me, Adam underscore 
PINI. Uh, email me at APINI at nightarmco.com or give me a call. I'm very friendly. I don't bite unless asked. Uh, so <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be sure to email your best Grantham love pillow mock-ups to Adam at that email address. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yes, I'm so into this shit. <laughs> and be sure to DM Adam about your best MOA group out of your, uh, your PSA AR-15. <laughs> yes. yes. Awesome. I will, I will get with Grantham. We will beam the fuck out of it, and I will ridicule you on the internet. <laughs> He will hound you into an assisted suicide. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, sweet. Uh, and check us out at MoGuns.com, M-O-E-G-U-N-S, for patches and apparel, Instagram, MoGuns Tactical, and Facebook at MoGuns.com. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. I had a blast tonight. Hopefully you guys can come back on again in the future. Yeah, man. I'd love to. Awesome. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.